0: Or visit our page at myfaithway.org. Now let's experience life in a new way. The Faithway. Good morning, Church Online. If you have joined us online and you haven't done so yet, just go ahead and let us know in the chat where you are tuning in from. We'd love to get to know you better and engage with you. And if this is your first time here on campus, we'd like to encourage you guys to stop by the Welcome Center on your way out. And just exchange a little bit of information with our friendly, friendly um, volunteers who work back there. And we'll get uh, some information. And you guys get to walk out of here with a free gift. So um, we have a couple of things coming up uh, here at Faithway. Youth, you guys, just as always, um, just a reminder, stay tuned to your text messages to see um, if you will be getting together today at 530. But if you do have a youth and you're at home joining in on this live feed, we have youth services for all of our teenagers up to high school, sixth grade up to high school. And it is here in the hall in, not the hallway, I'm sorry, in our youth building is right next door. It's a big metal building, and we collect every Wednesday at 530, so it's very useful and it's very filling for our youth. So if they're interested, send them over with a group, send them over with their friends, their cousins. Um, we're always here ready to accept them, and I guarantee they will go home full and full of fun. So we also have a ladies ministry. Our next outreach is coming up pretty fast. It's right around the corner. It's going to be on a Saturday. This is a a word and a brunch for all women, only women. The word is designed specifically for women. So this is uh, the second weekend of November, if I'm not mistaken, uh, November 13th. And it's going to start at 9 a.m., show up. We will have food here. Um, It will be breakfast slash lunch, brunch, we'll have both things, whatever you guys want to choose from, and we will have a guest speaker here, live speaker, delivering the word to each and every one of us, and you know, ladies, it's our duty to reach out and bring someone with us, because this word is not just for us, it is for every single woman who is out there, so bring someone and bring a guest so that we can plant the seed and start changing lives one person at a time, so this is Thursday, sorry, Saturday, November 13th. Um, So we look forward to seeing each and every one of you so at this time Let's go ahead and open up our hearts and let's get ready to receive the word and let's experience life in a new way And kids guess what today is your day nursery is open jam club is open and super kids is open So kids you are dismissed. Let's give our beautiful kids a hand clap as they walk out And let's give a hand clap to all our volunteers also because they do this and they sow their time out of love to serve for our children. So thank you, team. We appreciate you guys.
1: Praise God let's get right into it let's pray father we just thank you for the word this morning we thank you for the church we thank you that the church in heaven builds alive and well i thank you lord for our children's ministry being active again i also want to thank you for those watching us online this morning we bless them wherever they're watching us from and of course the in-house the people here and into our laredo service this afternoon we just thank you for divine providence in everything god in everything we just give you glory and praise and we do receive the word this morning, as we open up this new series, and Lord, we want you to teach it. I don't want to teach it. Holy Spirit, use me, but, but plant the ideas and plant the insights that we all need to learn from, that we all need to hear, to, that we may leave from this place bigger than we walked in inside, in our mindset, in our outlook, and that truly this, this word and this life that we've chosen, God, is truly going to make a difference in our lives. We pray that in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. All right. So well, I'm excited this morning. We're going to start a new series. Man, I struggled with the title. I had one title, then I had another title, then I had like three subtitles, so I just ended up with the Jesus Principle. And the subtitle, I think, which was going to be originally the title, is simply called How to Be Human. You can put my slides up there if you want. I got the title slide up there. How to Be Human. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk here in the next few weeks and I kind of, you know, let you know what we were talking about last week. And, and by the way, all the messages are connected. You know, don't ever think, well, he's, you know, this, delete that. No, everything's, there's a flow, you know, that I believe the Holy Spirit does from service to service to, to you know, to help us grow. And um, kind of the quest that I've been on in my own personal life, and that's where a lot of these messages come from, is, you know, really digging more. There's, there's so much... Stuff that I see in, in Christianity, this is my opinion, you know, you can have your own, this is completely my opinion, you know, it's worth zero to you, just my opinion, but I see things that I keep going back to, you know, the way it was done, the way Jesus did things, the way the book of Acts did things, and the more I go back to that, and I use it as a, ref- or as a mirror to reflect the current condition of the church, man, we are really far from that, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm glad we have this, but if you look at the model, the original model of the church has gone pretty far. So one of the things that I wanted to pursue in this series is, you know, the, 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 the Jesus principle. Let's, let's, work on, let's work on the title a little bit to help you introduce it, to help me introduce it. The, the Jesus principle, to me, is, is, is basically twofold. What does my experience or my life application, if I can just say this in, with Christianity... It's basically just twofold. You have a spiritual side, and you have a natural side, right? <laughs> that's pretty much it. And on the spiritual side, it's pretty much resolved that if you believe this, I know, and there's a lot of things that I think we need, even as a church, we need to clear up in, in the way it's been presented, but if you, you, know, if you choose Christianity as your faith, and you believe that the way to heaven is through Jesus. Thank you for the three amens of the rest of you. I don't know what you believe, but hopefully you'll believe that by the end of the service. Because that's why we're here. There's some people that are gathered in a Buddhist temple. There's some people gathered in a Muslim mosque. There's some people gathered in all kinds, you know, in synagogues. And they're all choosing to believe different things. All right? You chose to believe this. That's, a, that's, that's a, I'm clarifying. So if you choose to believe this, then there's, two, there, there's only two folds. There's a spiritual side and then there's a natural side. That's it. The spiritual side is resolved pretty simple. Jesus, here's my life. I become one of you. So if you believe this once again, that means that eternity is guaranteed for you. So now everything else is just left to, what about here? (laughs) What about the cold, dirty here and now? How do the principles that Jesus taught? Because if you really look at a lot of the things that Jesus taught, you know, he taught very little on the afterlife. Think about it. I mean, he did talk about, hey, believe in me, get to heaven. (laughs) I'll build you some houses up there. I mean, other than that, there's not a whole lot of conversations about how it's going to be in heaven. Are you here? Think about this. If if, if the main focus of Jesus becoming a man, the main focus was just to get us to heaven, then that got resolved pretty quick. But what if if, if the Jesus principle was not just for us to get to heaven, but Jesus also came to teach us how to be humans? Because we don't know how to be humans. Come on, church. I mean, look at the dysfunctionality of our society. You know, one of, one of the things that, that I see and, and you see, and most of you, if you're, if you're a person that comes to church, if you've been raising your kids in church, you're most definitely going to see this. Now, I'm not saying church kids are perfect. Church kids sometimes, you know, they're just kids like everybody else. They're going to get in trouble just like everybody else. But you do see something. And now I see, you know, I see it way more now than my, than my grandson is in, in, in junior high, not that I'm, you know, ignorant to what's going on in junior high. But you see a kid that is raised with some foundations that are being tested every day by kids that have no foundations. Right? And these foundations in, in this kid's life are being tested every day. Because he's being faced with pornography and garbage and decisions and, you know, and it's, you know, and again, I'm not, I'm not going to get on a rant or anything, but sometimes I think even the school systems miss this part because they can't they need to be able to identify these kids, because, you know, when they pass their little thing on, on you know, just a little, a little dumb thing that happened, Caden <laughs> has never, I'm glad he's not in here, because he would hate me saying this, but he's never been in detention ever. You know, he's in sixth grade, and last week he did something, he got lunch detention, which I don't know what that really means, I mean, you don't, I guess you don't get to sit with your friends, you know, exactly. whatever, but, but for him, and one of the teachers mentioned something, says, oh, your grandpa is going to be so upset. And Caden said, no, he's not. I actually went and bought him a toy for his first detention. (laughs) Because what they did was wrong. He defended himself because he's been, since he was in first grade. And he finally pushed one little kid with his hand, that's all. That's all right. I mean, that's the school rules, and I respect him, and he should go, and the other kid went to and that's fine, there's no issue there. But my point is, we raise kids with foundations, and you see them challenged, well, it goes back into the same thing. You come to church, you're, you're, you're being raised with foundations of morality. Amen. Yes? yes. Um, integrity? You know, even though maybe we're not 100%, but you know, we try not to lie, we try not to steal, we try not to do a lot of things, we try not to cuss. Well, some of you should try harder, but anyway. <laughs> um, my point of all this is, the, the Jesus principle, to me... The vast majority of his teachings came down to that. How to be a human. How, how do you navigate in this world that is a complete social world because we're always interacting with somebody else? Amen. And how do we become a better human? How do we do it? Because those are the principles of Jesus. So there is no way we could pursue this because really, at the end of the day, that's what church is all the time, right? We're pursuing this, but in this series, I'm just going to pick like four or five that I think are really important, and a lot of this is around the teaching of what we would know the Beatitudes, and that's an old, you know, for the blessings. And if you, if you go into that reading, so the whole teaching is going to be based primarily around there, because Jesus sat down with, and this is early in his ministry, he just sat down with, you know, obviously he was just picked the disciples, and then he had a crowds falling and he was healing people, we're about to get into that. And then he just sat down, and one of his very first sermons was about life. I'm talking about that life, real life. Everybody say real life. Because sometimes, you know, if you're not careful, you get into church, and church is kind of like this mystical weekend little thingy that we do, and we just take care of it on Sunday, and then Monday we just go back to the, to the real world, and yes, we're Christians, but we're still navigating through all these life issues, and a lot of the life issues that we're navigating, it's not really about other people. It's really about how are we processing all this. So I know, I know I've had <laughs> a huge introduction there. So open your Bibles to Luke 6. I don't have those scriptures on the screen because it's a lot um, to read because it's 17 through 42. Don't worry about putting that one up, RJ. Let me just read it out of here. But open your Bibles or your iPad or your iPhone, whatever you have, <laughs> your Bible in any version, I remember when when the electronic Bibles, you remember that age? When they started getting popular. There were a lot of old religious people that said it was like sacrilegious to read your Bible from an electronic device. I'm like, well, in that case, they should have just hauled around a bunch of stones because it used to be written on stones. (laughs) And parchments. And then paper. And now we got electronics. It's still God's word. So get over it, all right? in whatever version you have. All right, Luke chapter 6. Reading out of New Living Translation, picking up in verse 17. Like I said, this is the introduction. Everything we're going to talk about for the next few weeks is going to come out of here. When they came down from the mountain, the disciples stood with Jesus on a large level area, surrounded by many of His followers and by the crowds. There were people from all over Judea and from Jerusalem and far and from as far north as the seacoast of Tyre and, and Sidon. They came to hear Him and to be healed of their diseases. I like that. I could preach that all day, right? Listen to that. They came to hear and to be healed of their diseases, and those troubled by evil spirits were healed. Everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him, and he healed everyone. Then Jesus turned to his disciples and said, and this is what we know as the Beatitudes. He says, God blesses you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. God blesses you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. God blesses you who weep now, for in due time you will laugh. Verse 22. What blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as you as evil because you follow the Son of Man? When that happens, be happy. Yes, leap for joy. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, their ancestors treated the ancient prophets the same way. What sorrow awaits for you who are rich if you, for you have your only happiness now? And I'm not going to preach that, but he's really referring to, you know, it's not, it's not a sin to be rich. It's, it's It's a sin to depend on your riches. And that's what says you're happy because right now you have money. That's what I just, you know, let's sign note there. What sorrow awaits you, those who are fat and prosperous now, for a time of awful hunger awaits you. What sorrow awaits you who laugh now, for laughing will turn to mourning and sorrow. What sorrow awaits you who are praised by the crowds, for their ancestors also prayed false prophets. And the only thing I want to pull out of this section of Jesus saying says, well, that's kind of negative. No, Jesus was talking about real life. Come on, say, say real life. Real life. Remember, in the world you'll have tribulations. We talked about that last week. But never fear, I have overcome. You know, Jesus knew, and he's talking about stuff in life that's going to come at you. So he's really zeroing in on life. But listen, listen how he resolves in verse 27. Because he starts, but to you who are willing to listen. So he says, there's all this stuff is out there. And you're going to be faced with it in, in all different forms. But if you are willing to listen... So right from the get-go, it's, it's all gonna, before we read anything else, let me ask you that question. Are you willing to listen? Is Kelvin Box willing to listen? Because look at, look at the screen before I read this, because this is really the meat of where we're going this morning. Did Jesus come to start a religion or to give us a path to enlightened and meaningful life? I'm not going to answer that for you, but you're going to have to figure it out. Because a lot of Christians, they're not searching meaningful and enlightened life, they're, they're, they're searching just a religion. And if anything rocks the religion boat, they're not happy. Amen. You now, so many people have left the church because of their traditions. You know, they, they were married more to their traditions than they were married to Jesus. Amen. So, once we get to verse 27, he begins with this list of things, and this is, this is what I'm saying, this is important that, that, that we kind of begin to embrace this a little bit because he's talking about real life. He's talking about, you know, how do the principles that Jesus taught, how can it make me a better human? How can I live my life, have more peace in my house, you know, have more peace with my family, have better health, all these things that affect us. So he begins. I say, love your enemies. I just lost the whole church right there, right? (laughs) Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who hurt you. Well, right off the bat, none of you want to do any of that. So just go ahead and say, yeah, okay, yeah. Because the next question is, oh, pastor, you know, oh, oh, that, no, no, you don't know. I've got all this down. No, you don't. Because if you go out out there right now and somebody, while you were in church worshiping Jesus, keyed your car and flattened all four of your tires, and that person was still standing around your car, I would be really interesting to see how you reacted to that, (laughs) including me. Because, you know, that's right there, right? If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks, and when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you love only those who love you, why would you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why would you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money to those who can can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners lend to other sinners for a full return. And he continues with all these instructions, right? Love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be great and you, you will truly be acting as children of the Most High for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. Verse 37, now this is where we're gonna zero in this morning. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will come back against you. Forgive others, you will be forgiven. Give and you will be receive your gift, we will return to you in full press down, shaken together to make room for more, running over, and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Now, we're just going to stop there because it keeps going. But this is really where, we're, where we are, you know, and I want to focus on one today. And I want to talk about this idea of judgment because that was a big one. I mean, there was a lot in here, and I'm not going to unpack it in every order, and I'm not even going to unpack all of it because we'd be here till like Easter, you know. We're just going to take some of the principles that we really need to start trying to, you know, implement into our life. So let's go now to, with that in mind... Actually, I, had a, I missed one of my notes here, but it's going to line into, into this. You can go with me now to Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Well, that one will be on the screen. And I'm going to kind of connect these ideas before we go into these two. I'm going to, I, need to, I need to hook them up for you. So, once again, Jesus, that one's up on the screen. It says, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary... And carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Now let's park here for for a second, because before we get into into the Beatitudes, there's something I need to work on. And it's this right here, because Jesus said, come to me. Who? Who who needs to come to Jesus? Y'all, it's up on the screen, it's not hard. All who? Who are weary, worn out, fed up, busted, disgusted, fill in the blanks, life has kicked you around, and Jesus said, here I am. Okay, so this is really good because, and then he gives you certain instructions. He says, take my yoke, let me teach you, and then he tells you about his personality. I am gentle at heart, and then he tells you what he's going to give you. Well, to me, and this is where I, where I was stuck, because to me, right there, that paints a picture of what a church should be. Because if Jesus is the head of the church, then the church should have these attributes. Give me the next one. It'll make it easier for them to see it. Go ahead and give me the next one, because I'll, I'll, we'll come back to that. If Jesus is the head of the church, it should have these characteristics. I mean, it should. It should be a place where burdened people are set free, number one. And, you know, and, and we're having a leadership meeting, I guess, is it next week? And we're going to talk about some of these things. We're talking about the vision of, of Faith Way. Because when this, when this church started, it started on one simple principle. The only thing that I had, I wasn't thinking of church. I mean, I wasn't even thinking I was going to be a pastor. I was, thought I'd do missions, and I'm still doing missions, and I love doing missions. But it became on a certain, certain thing God's word healed me with no strings attached. And that was our message. And the very first logo, and, and we went through all kinds of name changes. We went, first it was Faith Life Outreach. But our, sub, or, or, but our, but our saying or our logo or our, or our pet phrase was a place of restoration, peace, love, and joy. That was it. And I know now, today that sounds so religious, but back in the 90s, it sounded cool. But it was really about that. It was, whatever we did was where people could come from any background. I don't care if you were in prison. That's why we had a big heart for prison ministry. I don't care. You know, because at the end of the day, why did Jesus come? He came for the broken. Amen. You understand that, right? He didn't... You know, if you, th- if you got it all together, you don't need Jesus. Well, you do, because you'll go to hell. But other than that, you think you got it all together? No, Jesus came for a broken people. And even the people that say they got it together, well, they don't have it together. Because guess what? Nobody's ever taught us how to be human. Right? Like I, said, look, like I said, go back to the example. I know I left it hanging, but see, see a child that's raised in church. And not that the kid's perfect. But then see a child is, that has no context of, of, of God, it's a vast difference of their ethics and their morality. And all that's going to be bred into their adulthood, and a lot of that is going to make these kids successful. So if you don't think you serving in children's church is vital to the success of your kids, you got it completely wrong. That, what those people are doing, they're missing the service, Whoever's doing it, whoever is doing it. But that's always been the struggle, not enough volunteers, not enough people, because people don't get it. But if you got it, you would say, I'm going to sign up because I I need to sow a seed into these kids because this is the only chance they got to have some form of balanced thinking. And I'm not talking spirituality and religious. just the foundations of the principles that Jesus teaches because, you know, this is where we are. A church, this church, this ministry was created based on that. And and we've kind of, sometimes it seems like we navigated a little away from it. But I'm telling you why, you know, if I'm not going to be doing that, then I'm not going to be doing this. I'll do, I, I can't do this. I can't play church. I can't play pastor anymore, you know. We have to have something that is making a difference. And we spend way too much on spiritualizing everything when Jesus, the principles of Jesus, were brought down to earth for earth to become better. But guess who's going to make it better? You. <laughs> you see, I got really quiet because now when I put start putting responsibility on the people, you know, I don't know. I just, you know, I just want Jesus for me and my little house. And my no, no, no I don't want to serve. I don't want to give. And it's just Jesus. Okay, that's fine. I'm glad you're there. But you know, when all this disappears, because you were just in that little hole, not serving, not helping, not giving, not doing nothing, and the whole church is done, then you can, of course, you can find another church. But what I'm saying is, what if God called you? What if your success in life was connected? To these principles that God gave you, that you're supposed to be generating, and He will use a church, a community of believers. Back, you know, that's what I'm saying. If you go back to the first century, this is non-existent. I'm going to say a very sophisticated joke. Probably H is the only one that was will get it, because he's just so brainy. I was going to say Happy Halloween, because in church we've been celebrating Halloween since 325 A.D. Every Sunday we celebrate it. See, you got it. Because Christians, 325 A.D., for those of you that could care less, is when the official church called itself a church. Well, they didn't call themselves a church, but it was kind of getting formatted. And then from then on, we just became a bunch of hypocrites. Oh, Jesus, praise the Lord. Every Sunday we've worn masks to church, so happy Halloween. Go ahead, feel comfortable. You're good. For 2,000-something years you've been wearing masks, so we're good. So, but, you know, that's where we are. You know, we have all this... Falseness and all this we've perfected phoniness in the church so much and here's where we're going with this because a place where burdened people are set free a drama place free a drama free place of rest a place that is humble and gentle and hard and guess the other one a place that is easy to be in you guys I guess you guys think this is a hard place to be in alright where did you get all those pastor okay back up two slides RJ thank you sir I love RJ helping me back there. Jesus said. <laughs> everything he said is right, right there. That's why where, that's where I just summarized it for you. That is the heart of the church. But what, what happens when the church becomes something else than that? Well, it's not a church. It's something else. I don't know what it is, but it's not a church. It's not, it's not a church the way Jesus designed it. Because now you can give me the one that I skipped. Go to the next one. I'm, I'm sorry, I, that was my typo. This scripture, no, back up one. Where he says, come all that are weary and heavy laden, enter, welcome to church. Where we preach, judge not so you won't be judged, but guess what, you will. We'll stick our little bony finger, right H? And we judge people all the time. And we, you know, we make judgments. A place where you can open up, but I can't talk to you because I know you will spread it around. See, I'm tired of playing games. I really am. And including in my own life, starting with my own life, there's a lot of stuff that we just kind of take hook, line, sinker, the whole thing, and never really dig in to see if that's the truth or if that's the way that we should pursue. And one of the best things that you can do in your life is if you find a mistake in your life, don't just sit there and try to justify and beat it into people. No, just say, "Okay, I made a mistake. I need to fix it. And, I, you know, I've been doing this almost 30 years, and there's things past that I used to be on. I was enlightened by God. I saw something, I was like, well, that's probably not the best path to go down. And then I would be on this path, and then for a season it was correct, and then there was a little more enlightening or revelation into that path, and you're like, well, okay, let's, just, let's move it a little more back to center, because one thing I've always wanted to do is make sure that I understood this book in a balanced way. That's my own personal thing. I didn't want to go on tangents. I didn't want to go off with the charismaniacs. I didn't want to go off with the frozen chosen either, you know, I wanted to know what God said about certain situations and how they apply to my life without a lot of of the stuff that we've added. Because this is a true fact, church. Jesus said, come to me, all that are heavy burdened and laden, all that are are carrying heavy weights. Come to me, my yoke is easy. Come, I will help you. That is the personality of the church. Are you here? But this little comment, I know it's, it's saturated with you know, cynicism or or, or being very ironic, but I wrote that. It says, come on me, we're in heavy-laden. Welcome to church. Where we preach, don't be judged, but guess what? More than likely, you probably will be judged. Amen. All right, let's... You can skip two now. Let's go into this one now, because this is the one we're going to work on right now. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgiven, you shall be Forgiven. So when we talk about the Jesus principles, I want, I want to work on this one because this idea of judgment, first of all, it's kind of weird because by saying judge not, you're, like, you're already like telling somebody, right? You're already judging somebody for judging <laughs> not. So it's kind of, you know, it's, don't, don't sink too deep into this because your brain will just explode. But the point of it is, why would God say this? What is judgment, first of all? Where does it come from, and how can we get out of it? Because I'm telling you, I came from a family. I, you know, I get, to, I get to speak to you, right? I'm sure if you were very honest and you would get up here to speak, most of us come from some form of dysfunctional family. Okay, does anybody have a normal family? Okay, that's a better one. Because I don't really know what is normal anyway, right? But So again... Because a lot of these things, we're going to go to something. This idea of judgment, let me break it down first, then I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. This idea of judgment is basically to see something and exert an opinion over that. But most of the time, it's usually not a positive opinion. It's a judgment with an opinion with a negative context, most of the time. Oh, I can't believe she's wearing that. (laughs) Not that you've ever said that. Um, one of the things, people stay away from church. Now, this is a lame excuse. What, what is the one that you guys used to use all the time? I used to use it too. Come to church. No, it's full of hypocrites. <laughs> uh, you never use that one? I use that one on, on my wife all the time. When she was trying to get me shot, I'm not going there. Well, they were locos and hypocrites, so that was the truth. I mean, it was the truth, anyway. The only thing is, that is pretty lame because they go everywhere else and it's full of hypocrites. They go to Walmart. They go to work. They probably got married to one that's a hypocrite too. You know, they probably have hypocrite little kids. That, you know, the hypocrite little kid that, is, that at the house is like an angel. They glow, ah! and at school it's like horns and devil. And it's like it's a whole different person at school. So, the idea of judgment, and I'll tell you why it's very important, is because. First and foremost, for you to have the ability to cause any kind of judgment over anybody has to make you superior to them, and you're not. Has to make you blameless, and you're not. Of anything. But going back to my childhood, because I left it hanging, my dad, again, my dad's side, they were very opinionated in a very critical sense, and it was always, always, always. So as a child, if you're not careful, well, that gets planted on you, right? And I've had to navigate out of that for many years. And I'm still working on it because I am that... It's stuff that... You you know, you're as a child, you're just like a sponge. You know, whatever... You know, the, your first five years are your forming years. And whatever you face, those first five years of your life will stay with you for the rest of your life. And a lot of times, we take a lot of negativity from our forming years, and they become, we become adults with a lot of stuff... And then we're like, okay, well, that's just the way I am. No, that's why Jesus came, because he's, taught, he's trying to teach us how to be human. Because in this world, it is about judgment. It is about criticizing everybody. It is about being mad at everybody. It is about being upset at everything. And that's not what Jesus designed. You know, his plan was that model that that's what I tell you, I came to give you rest. I came to deliver you from your burdens. I came, you know, so you could carry a yoke that is not hard to carry. In other words, I came so you could have a better life down here. And I think it's not just, and this is the problem with Christians. You know, we go to, we have all this weird stuff that we just pick up and just think that's just the way it is. Okay, Jesus, uh, you know, resolve these things in my life. Okay, that's a good prayer. Nothing wrong with that prayer. I'll probably pray it today. But here's the, the, the thing that makes it work. What are the steps that you're going to take? I mean, there's, there's something I believe. I might be off on this one again. Pastor Box opinion coming, so don't write it down. I truly believe that the more that we do not try to do what Jesus tells us, the more he just lets us navigate through life. And he loves us. And a lot of the Christians' pain is self-inflicted because God says, I will help you In the in the areas, let me put it this way: I got so much stuff open in my head right now. I got to close a few books in my head. Jesus, in your personal character, he will help you. He will, trust me. He will help you be a better person. He will help you um, modify things that you picked up in your childhood that you weren't. It's not even your fault. But now they're inbred into your character. But here's what he won't do. He won't take away your responsibility. Yeah, that's my opinion. Just, you know, 30 years of walking with Jesus, I've seen it. I've prayed a lot of things that the answer to the, my prayers, guess where they were? This is going to, they were in my hands. <laughs> Boom, right? <laughs> Jesus, 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 he says. You fix your attitude, other things will, other things will follow Because sometimes we look at that and say, Lord, change him. I can't, you know, look how he he lives. And God is like, yeah, yeah, I can change you. But listen, honey, you need to change first. Se acabaron los amenes. And this is what this judgment is about. Because the the only person you should have any, 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 any authority in judging is you. And if you were as critical of yourself as you are from others with the idea to fix your life, you would be way ahead. (laughs) Is that quotable? (laughs) I'd laugh at my own jokes. That's how lame I am. Judge not. I mean, we could just say amen, go home right now. Because that is the command. That that is not a suggestion. What what he's telling you is you don't have a right. Listen to me. I'm going to give you the 2021 version of judge not, you don't have a right to look at anybody's life until you figured out your own. Amen. All right, give me an Dr. energy. Let's go. So where does a judgmental attitude come from? I kind of already said that, but it really comes, you know, I mean, if you went to a shrink, I'm sure he could give you a long list. But number one, it probably was implanted by your, your parents or whoever brought you up. Your path in life has made you cynical and judgmental. I mean, you know, your, your path in life, which most of it, maybe you had some to do. Somebody, maybe somebody else had something to do with your path in life. But because of your path in life, that was part of me. I chose a really, really negative path at the age of 17. And by the time I was 26, I was absolutely that guy. I mean, you know, <laughs> um, completely cynical, completely judgmental. Or the last one is, it's, you know, you're judging people because your own insecurities haven't been resolved. And, I, and, I, and this is the danger that we're playing. That's why I'm, I'm playing. You know, Jesus said, come to me all that are heavy laden. Well, what has the church become? The church has become a little show of we come here, but we don't have the freedom to talk to anybody because we're already under the idea, and most of the time it is correct, sad so to say, is if I tell this person exactly what I'm going through, which we need to. We need to be able to talk to people. We need to be able to communicate. But people hold back, including yours truly. There's, you know, there's things that I want to share, and I want to talk. There's no way I can share everything that's going on in our life. I mean, you know, y'all cut me some slack. Somebody said your hair looks bad. Yeah, I, have, I haven't had a chance to cut my hair, all right? So stop judging me. <laughs> working pretty much seven days a week for the last four weeks, because this, this includes Sunday. I'm, I've been working Monday to That's my job, you know. Hey, make money, that's how it works. No complaints. But I got my own thing going. Somebody said, Well, we're working. Well, I'm working too. Ha. But it's easy to make judgments about people. And I'm not trying to defend, you know, I, don't, I really could care less what you think of me. I really, I, I'm so far from that. But here's, here's the point. You, you know, you, you see things. Well, they should do that. A pastor should do this. and pastor should do that. And I don't know why they're not here. And, you know, he's, he's not even here on Wednesday nights for prayer anymore. So I don't even know. Why don't you just shut up and show up and you run the prayer service? Because you don't know that I have to go work and make money because I do this because I love you. Not because I get a paycheck. And until you're ready to support me full-time, and trust me, I have a high-maintenance wife, you got no right to judge anything on this side of the chair. I'm just being nice. By the way, I don't have any right to judge anything on that side. I love you. I will give you advice. If you call me, I will pray for you. But I'm not going to meddle in your life. I promise you that. You want to tithe? Good. You don't want to tithe? I don't care. You want to give, give. You don't want to give. I don't. I still, I mean, I will not treat you different for any other reason. And most of you that have interacted with me closely know that's true. I could care less if you serve one second in the church. I will still hug you and love you because that's your life. My job is just to show you some things. I, I'm a teacher. You got that? I was called to this. But just like any other teacher, just like all the teachers we have in school, you, you guys do great. But is it your, is it your responsibility, Miss Diana, for the kid to completely get the 100? If the kid doesn't get the 100, it's all on Diana? She has to teach it. But the student has to put his part. And that's it took me a long time to get to that point because this is where we are. What is your part? God will help you with this. But we have to understand, there are attitudes in all of us that we carry because this judgmental thing, I'm going to show you where it's spiritual. Let me, let me throw a spiritual aspect in there first before we open up some more stuff. The reason God said this is because for you to judge somebody about anything, let let me me give you an example. Let's say you're judging, you know, somebody that's, well, not judging, but you may, because people don't say I'm judging it, but you know what I'm saying. You use the word. You know, somebody committed adultery or somebody committed an affair, and you stand back and you take a righteous, self-righteous act of that, you put yourself in a position, listen to me, because this is spiritual now, because you are judging that, or making your opinions of that, you have taken a position of judge. For you to qualify, you ready for this? You're going to have to be tempted in the same sin that you're judging. And you, you will be tempted in that. Because Jesus, the word says, he was tempted in all things. But without sin, which you can't do without him. So once you judge without him, you will be tempted in whatever you're judging. It might come the next day, it might come 20 years down the pipe, but you will face that temptation because you took that position. Amen. I'm preaching better than y'all reacting this morning. Glory to God. All right, Let's go to the next one. Matthew 7 15. Now this is a little more this is the I'm trying to think what's trans. I think uh, da, 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 da. okay. <laughs> Just forget about translation. I'm going to show you the message in a moment. Seven one through five says, "Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others, and the standard you use in judging—that's the point I was making—is the standard by which you will be judged. Judge. There's only one God. I remember." when I was doing a lot of youth group, I was still involved in a lot of the youth group, some of these kids would come in and, you know, I would preach something. I remember this one kid, I won't say his name, but, you know, he, he got, he got, I guess he, did, he didn't handle the message right. He, he didn't get in my face, because there were never any really disrespectful kids like that. But he did kind of come up and say, well, you know, Pastor, nobody has a right to judge me, only God. I said, yeah, that's pretty serious. That's enough. That's why I don't worry about judging anybody else, because, you know, when people say, no one can judge me but God, you're exactly right, and I would really be thinking about that. Because, you know why you shouldn't be judging anybody? Because all of us will be in front of a judge. Every one of you. And you know what he's going to check? Our words. Yes, he said it, right? You will be judged by your words. Our actions. Our acts of love. Our acts of hate. All that's going to be looked at. That doesn't mean you don't get to heaven, but, you know, that's, that's the Bible, same Bible that promises you all these cool things says that also. So let's break this down now for Matthew from this translation. It says, so the standard you use in judging is a standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? Remember what, right at the beginning of this message I mentioned that? I said sometimes we're overly concerned in trying to fix other people's lives when we can't even get our own life under control? How can, you th- how can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get that, rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? And boy, did I want to preach that last line. I could do a whole sermon on that last line. I mean, you can't see past the log in your own eye. And boy, that will open up something. Because we have what? Our own optics. Optics. We've created our own filters. The Lord dealt with me this a few uh, well, not a few years ago. This year, earlier this year, I said something. I think I mentioned. I don't know if I mentioned it in Laredo Church. Or I mentioned it here, but if I did, you can hear it again. So, and I was I was with somebody. It's funny how the Lord speaks. It seems like always God speaks to me to correct me. You know, most of the time, which I so He does talk a lot. <laughs> I'm just honest. He talks a lot to you too. And I said this, Dion, I said about Bill Maher. I said I don't like that guy. I just said that, and I've said that about a lot of people. Come on, raise your hand. You've said that about a lot of people. Three honest Christians. Thou shalt not lie. That's in the Bible too. Okay. Um, and I said that, and I was with somebody saying, yeah, "I don't like Bill Maher." And the Lord said, "Here, Danny, you don't want to talk about. You don't even know him." And that was the end of that. You see, God, all he has to say is like one thing. And then the Holy Spirit brings in all the other stuff that it meant. How many know what I'm talking about? He just says one thing, and then you have like four hours that you're dealing with what he, the ideas that he put in your head. And it, and it began to resurface because he says, you don't even know him. And it made complete sense. How can I go around life because saying I don't like you, guess what it is? You're, you're calling a judgment in My judgment about my relationship with you is, you're not good enough to be in my life. That's what you're saying when you say, I don't like you. You're saying you're inferior to me. And even though, you know, Bill Maher might be on way off on things, and he's a, you know, I guess his foundation was Jewish, but he's atheist or whatever, I, I could care. But when I said I don't like him and the Lord said you don't know him, it really made perfect sense. And I changed my attitude. And I immediately said, okay, that's one thing I need to get out of my vocabulary. Because I use it very much. How many use that a lot? Yeah. I mean, it's just like, oh, I don't like that guy. I don't like that actress. I don't like him. I don't like that. I don't like, you know. You know, and you do what you want to with what I'm telling you. This is between me and the Lord. You know, this is what the Lord dealt with me. But at the end of the day, I mean, there's a, the principle was very good because he says you don't know him. And then I got to thinking about what that meant, and that's where the Holy Spirit kicked in with all the other information, because you might not like somebody's opinions, you might not like somebody's position on life, you might not like somebody's sexual preference, you might not like somebody's a lot of stuff. Amen? But that doesn't give you a right not to like the person. Because even though that person, in your own analysis of your faith could potentially be going on the pathway to hell, that's still, okay, the only thing you can bring to that person is Jesus. Because your condemnation and your judgment and you're talking over because of whatever their life is, it's not going to get them one iota closer to Jesus. And that's what Christians do, right? We beat on the pulpits. You know, one of the most famous sermons of the 1800s that caused revi- well, it caused revival, but I'm not sure if it was the right kind of revival. I guess it was. Famous, famous sermon. He says, what was it? A sinner in the hands of an angry God. <laughs> that was a famous sermon. And, I mean, there was like in, the, in the, nor- the eastern part of America, there was this big revival when all this happened. Everybody just scared and crying. And, okay, I get it. Maybe that's what America needed at the time. But that's not the God we serve. A sinner in the hands of an angry God? What happened to for God so loved? Watch. For God so loved the world that he gave himself. Let me just leave it like that. So what is your responsibility? For God so loved the world so much that he gave himself to me, so so I love God, and because I love God, I got no business not loving the world. I'm not saying I agree with people's lives. I don't agree with certain lifestyles. But that doesn't give me a right not to like the person. Listen to this, because that doesn't mean you. Obviously, you know, because of who we are, you know, you hang out with your type. That's fine, I get that. But the but what God is making every creature, every per, not creature, every person, is a God person. Every person was created in His image and likeness. And and we have to. These are the little tiny things that make the huge difference, even within a church community, because. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands, if not millions of people, have left the church throughout history for the only reason that they were judged in that place. Are you still here? And if you don't think we have blood on our hands as a church for not going back into some of these basic principles that Jesus was there, and we created all these things and all this false narrative about, you know, oh, you know, we we live like this and we dress like this and long dress and long this and long that and long tongues and long everything. And here we are promoting Jesus, and you're wondering why people are staying away by the thousands, because a lot of people came to church, and guess what? They got hurt. They got hurt. That's why they left. And I'm sure some people got hurt from this church, and it just tears my heart apart, because the church was never founded on that. And I might have hurt them. I'm not saying, I didn't do it. I'm just saying that was never the heart of Jesus, and it was never the heart of this church. And, and we're coming back to that, by the way. That's a big, The big meeting we're having is to, to re- hit the reset button for 2022. We're going to get this thing back where it needs to go. You know, some of you might not like the direction. I'm not going to apologize. We just need to get this thing back to the heart of Jesus. Amen? Not the heart of Faithway. Faithway is a brand. Jesus is not. You understand? We need to get the heart of Jesus here where these things that we're talking about, where people can come. Whoever wants to come to this church can come. I've always said it. Everyone's welcome here. That doesn't mean we have to, you know, we'll teach the Word, and if they have to make adjustments to their lifestyle because of what the Word is convicting them to do, that's fine. That's between them and the Lord. That's not my job. And guess what? That's not your job either. Your job is to love and to nurture and and to embrace and to keep feeding positive things and the Word of God into their life, into their life, into their life, into their life. I really thank God for my mom, even though when I was running from God like so hard, she never, not once, tried to straighten me out. Because she knew in her heart that the only one that could straighten me out was God. Never, once, did she try to, you're this, you're that, you're good. Never, not once. And, And I did a lot of, you know, I destroyed her car. I mean, I did a lot of stuff for her not to like me. And you guys heard the story that time when I was in Mexico City and I was a mess. I was probably like 18, 19. I had just totaled her car and I had left and I had come back and, and, we, and I got, kind of got into it. And I finally got into it with my mom. She never raised her voice. I mean, she never yelled. I mean, she said. And I told my mom in Spanish. I said, you know, you don't even care if I die, right? Because I was living by myself in the mountains and I mean, it's just a long story. In a little town in, in North Puebla. And there's no, t- guys, forget uh, tele, I mean, there was barely, there was one telephone in the town. Telephone. young people, you don't even know what I'm talking about. You pick up a handle that's got, like, a thing. And you turn each number. Tak, 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 tak. Not even buttons. This was still One phone. So there would be, like, months that my mom didn't know anything about me. And, and I, I remember telling my mom, I said, you don't even care if I die. And she said, ay, mijito, yo ya te di adios hace tanto tiempo. And that told me everything about her faith. In English, she said, son... It's not that I'm not worried about you dying. I gave you to God a long time ago. And I give God all the glory that she got to sat in this church and saw, me, and, and saw the ministry and saw everything before she went to, to, with the Lord in 2002. So where am I going with all this? That the church of Jesus Christ has to have this approach to interaction with the world. And, 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 we, and we have a lot... We, we Talk a lot about spiritual things. Nothing wrong with that. But if you notice how many of these things that Jesus is teaching you are not that spiritual. They're just simple adjustments. And really, the one that we have to work on this week, the clock's leaving me really fast, i got to hurry up, is just take this one. Try to recognize this, amen? I'm going to give you some some things you can do. on. Okay, give me the next one. I'm going to... There's too much in there right now. Go ahead and skip that one, too. No, no, leave that. That's the one I wanted you to see. So this is the message translation. Take some notes off of this one. You're going to like this one. Because this is like... So good. Don't pick on people. Jump on their failures or criticize their faults. Well, that kind of covers everything, right? <laughs> Don't pick on people. Jump on their failures or criticize your faults. Unless, of course, you want the same. That's interesting, right? The same treatment. The critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own? Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face when your face is distorted by contempt? (laughs) So message translation is so good. If this world, if this whole traveling roadshow mentality all over again, (laughs) playing a holier-than-thou part instead of just living your part, everybody say "My my part. Say it like you mean it. Wipe that ugly sneer off your face and you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. I mean, this translation just brings it home. But I like this thing, you know, stop playing holier than thou and play your part. Think about the masks. That's why I said Happy Halloween, church. What would it be if we had a church I'm not going to change the name. Something you're going to rebrand again. But you know, I was thinking about a church name. It would just be called Real Church. And you weren't allowed to come in and and say if somebody says how you doing, you're not allowed to say fine. (laughs) You actually have to say how you're doing. It'd be an empty church, right? But if there were two people, there'd be the most honest people in the world, right, Freddie? You know where I'm going with this? What would it be if it was a real church where people, could you say how you doing? I said, Let me tell you how I'm doing. I need some prayer. I need some help. As a pastor, I've learned to this, do this. There's a pause when somebody's going through hell. I'll illustrate with H. So if I say, H, how you doing? Answer. Okay. You see that pause? Now, this was a not that this was an illustration, but when you say to somebody, how you doing? And they go, well, I'm doing great. Instantly, they probably don't have a lot of bad stuff. But in church, it's like, how you doing? I'm good. And you know that that person is hurting inside. And you know that person really wanted to have somebody pray for them right now. And you know that person just wanted a word of comfort. You know that person just wanted a hug. But all the nonsense of Christianity, all the religion, and all the judgmental garbage that we brought into the church has caused that person to, <clears throat> I'm good. And you're not. So what happened to come all that are heavy, burdened? What happened to heavy-laden heavy laden people? What happened to broken hearts? Oh no, because if I show that in church, and all my other church family won't think I got it together. Well, let me help you. Nobody in this room including your pastor, has it together. Look at your neighbor and tell him get over it. Really, get over it. Because I, I know, I'm, I'm, this might be like the utopia church that will never exist, but imagine if you had a church age, that, that that would actually be the reaction. How you doing? No, I'm not doing good. I just went through hell. Could you pray for me? Yeah. I mean, I'm using just the tip of an iceberg. I could just go, unpack this thing like huge. I'm not going to do that. All right, give me the next one. We're almost, we're almost to where we need to be. Oh Jesus. Let's skip that one. <laughs> this is really good. Take me for it. Stop right there. James 4, 11, 12. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. You guys know what slander means, right? Even though it's truth, you don't have any right. Gossiping. You don't know, Christian in the Christian camp, we don't call it gossip, we call it prayer. <laughs> right, Lily? hey, let me share this about Liz because just so we can pray for her. Tell me what we need to pray for her so I can go tell other people what Liz is going through. So we can all have a prayer, chain gang or whatever. Oh, Jesus. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them, this is huge, speaks against the law. Wait, this is New Testament. What's the law now? Because obviously you can't say Levitical law, so what law is he talking to? The law of love. That's the only law that was left. Right? I give you one commandment. So by not, by continuing, pay attention, because you guys want some spiritual meat? This is your spiritual meat. By ignoring that, you come against the spiritual, the law of love. So what does that make you? Hate. And where hate is, guess who's not? And guess where, where love is, guess who's not? Love casts it out. Fear. Uh-huh. You see, that's all hooked up together. You guys thought we were finished with the last series? Now it's, it's all hooked up. It's all hooked up. It's all hooked up. So little things like judging people... You, you know, you got to see how it connects to, why do I have so, my, my, so much fear in my life? How can judging people be fear? Well, first of all, the attitude of, of talking about a, a people, there's fear in it. You're intimidated by their presence. You're intimidated so much about their presence that you feel you're obligated to criticize them. Boy, this, I'm, I'm going to give myself an offering. this one. There's only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy, but you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Next one. I had to lighten it up a little bit. (laughs) All right, y'all read it? Christians be like, I'm grateful that I'm not judgmental as all those censorious, self-righteous people around me, right? All right, now you guys got comic relief. Give me the different background, because I can't read it like that. Let's see if you have any of these symptoms. Ready? I do have a doctorate, not that I care, but I'll give you the doctor. So do you have a symptom today? Do you believe everyone's out to get you? Do you expect other people to be consistent all the time when you're not? Oh, it doesn't say that, but I added it. You struggle to see beyond a person's flaws. You easily skip to conclusions. You struggle to tolerate ambiguity and uncertainty. You're intolerant of people unlike you. You're generally pessimistic about life. You tend to believe people are either good or bad. You struggle to truly appreciate or see the beauty in others. You have low self-worth. You feel anxious around other people. You're suspicious and untrusting. You have a strong inner critic who judges you. You know, when I was going down this list, I nailed about eight of those. I'm honest. How many of you say, I got 13, Pastor! I got them all! <laughs> I'm being honest. when I, I'm preparing this out of my... It's, it's bubbling up, and I'm reading, and I'm studying, and I'm like, well, I'm under conviction. Can I preach this on Sunday? But this are the roots of a critical spirit. This are the roots of a judgmental spirit. These are the roots of somebody that can never be happy. These are the, 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 the optics of somebody that will never enjoy a moment. And I think, and in, in, in this is where we're going to the Jesus principle, you, want, you remember what I said like an hour ago? <laughs> that God will work his part, but you have to do your part. And a lot of these, the first year part is the very first part of recovery of anything is, is recognize it. That's the very first step to, to, to say, well, oh, Pastor, I don't want to be a judgmental person. I don't want to be a critical person. I want, to, I want to correct this flaw in my personality that was implanted by my parents or I picked it up along the way. Well, do, I, do you identify with any of these? And if you do, the only reason I put them up there is so you can you say, well, I only identify with one. Well, fix that one. Some of you are like, well, I got 13. Well, start with one. <laughs> and in 13 weeks, you should be a better person, correct? Because this is the process of growth, church. So when, when, you, when you look at it this way, and I know some of you are still kind of dwelling on what I have up there, this is really a lot of the stuff that we think about. And, and I saw myself, gosh, in so many of those, and some of them I've already fixed, I fixed many years ago, that there's still some that I need to work on. All right, let's give me the next one. Now that we've found the symptoms, I'm going to give you a little play with words and this is going to be your marching orders. Remember the word dual it starts with a d because this is you can actually take this this week and start working on it. Don't pass judgment. Simple stop. As much as you want to. If you find yourself being judgmental, stop yourself. And you're going to find out something that just takes greater awareness than you usually have. Because, you know, tomorrow you're not going to pick up on it, but at least you heard the message and you're willing to fix it, so you're going to see yourself like, whoa, whoa, you know. So, so, so Pastor, we can't have, you know, we can't criticize. No, we can't criticize. Well, what can we do? Well, according to the Bible, you can judge the tree only by its fruit. In other words, I can't be judging your life. Your, your life is the conviction of whatever your life is. Does that make sense? In other words, I think, I think you said that, H.R. I heard it from you. I'm pretty sure. I'll give you credit for it anyway. He says, yeah, you said it years and years ago about a certain individual that we were talking about. We weren't judging it, by the way. Maybe we were, but we didn't know this. We hadn't heard a message, so it's okay. And he says, your life is your punishment. (laughs) Why would you judge somebody's life? Because you see people, you know, and and their decisions have brought certain things into their life, correct? They made their life. So how are you going to even affect anything by being more critical or more judgmental about the mess they're in? In other words, leave it alone. Because, you know, bring something back from last week's message. Remember the three circles? Area of full influence. Area of little influence, area of no influence, that's where that one falls. You have no influence over people. So if you have no influence over people, really, 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 just use it in the right way, don't care for them. In other words, the devil's the one that's trying to get you those opinions, and we're so used to it, we're so addicted to it, and it's on the TV, and it's everywhere, that we just kind of go with, like, yeah, criticize everything, criticize everything, criticize everything, criticize everything, you know, judge everything. No, don't pass judgment. Number two, Understand. Instead of judging someone for what he's done or how he looks, try instead to understand the person. Put yourself in their shoes. Try to imagine their background. And I remember something that Joyce Meyer preached probably like 10 years ago, and it really kicked in some thoughts in my life that helped me so much. And then the Lord kind of took what Joyce taught and and dealt with me, and I was dealing with some of these things that, you know, trying to understand people, and it's basically where I got that point, that... The Lord, you know, really put in my heart, and of course Joyce taught it, so I'm building off what she taught, I'm giving her credit, what credit is due, but it basically comes down to this, why are you making judgments, or why are you getting upset, or why are you being affected by other people's reactions, when you don't even know what they're going through? Does that make sense? In other words, you're seeing the explosion of something else. And it's, and it's easy, well, that person's, you know, remember, I, said, oh, I don't like that person, or that person's just so mean, or that person's just so ugly. Yeah, but you don't know if that person was abused when they were a child. You don't know if they were abandoned. You, I mean, you don't, you don't know anything about them. That's why it's better not to do it. That's where I think God, when, when, I, when I made that comment about Bill Maher, and he says you don't even know him, made perfect sense to me. Because God, with one, you know, with just one sentence, God straightened my thinking out so good. And, he said, and I said, Lord, you're right, I don't know him. I have no right You know, I hear his stupid opinions. I can can judge his, you know, I can say something about his opinions. But I cannot, I don't have a right to say, I don't like you. Because that is a personal connection to the the human, the human aspect of this person. And, And I'm just using him as an example. But most of you have the same kind of connection somewhere. So try to understand. Number three, accept. Once you begin to understand or at least think you kind of understand, try to accept. Accept that person. Jesus accepted you when you came to him. Did he tell you clean your act up? Did he tell you get rid of all the mess? Some of, some of us are still working on it 30 years later. Jesus said, Come as you are. So we have to accept people, you know, instead of saying, Well, they're gay and they're this and they're that doesn't mean I approve of it. It's not that I approve of it, it's just that God doesn't approve of it. But at the same time, people God loves people that made those choices, and hopefully the church would be such a great, glorious place that people that have made a bad choice can come and feel not intimidated to try to make better choices. Does that make sense? Because we're not anti-anything. The only thing we're anti is devil. That's it. We're not anti-people. And people come with all their issues, and the church should be able to resolve them, but here is where you come in. You know, when we talk about the, the subtitle of the series, this is the last slide, by the way, it's The Perfect Human. You know, what is not the perfect human? How to be human. How, how, how do I live? Well, number one, get rid of the judgment. So you accept, and then, the, of course, we're ne- never going to get away from this one. Once you've accepted someone for who he is, try to love them. Even if you don't know them. How about this one? Even if you have hated them in the past. Because love has nothing to do with you seeing that person. Love has nothing to, to do with you having a relationship with that person. Because I know, I know what I'm saying is, is sticky. I know what I'm saying. Some of you are saying, no, you, Pastor, you don't know. This person hurt me bad. How do you expect me to interact? No, I don't expect you to interact with them ever again. What I expect you is to forgive and love. You can love somebody without ever seeing them again because you make a choice. And you have to say it to yourself, as much as you do not like that person, I love you. I release you. Because why? First of all, you are completely out of my control, and I don't need that in the areas of where I am in control. See, I'm working on peace. I'm working on being a better human. I'm working on navigating in life, having happier moments. Having more peaceful moments, having more significant moments. And I can't have that with a lot of noise. And a lot of noise comes from judgment. A lot of negativity comes from, like I said, we are here to be a blessing. We are here to be a light. We are here to love. Because when we talk about, oh God, you know, the unconditional love, agape, unconditional. Yeah, but we don't practice it. We don't even try to practice it. Because unconditional means you love, no conditions attached. Well, I don't like you. That doesn't matter. That's a condition. I still love you. Even if somebody gets in my face and I hate you, I still love you. Because I'm not, I'm not saying love hubby-dubby. I want to go hang out with you. I'm talking about I have no ought and no evil desire against your life. I bless you. Well, like, they sit there and cuss you out, and you can say, I bless you. Remember, they're all connected. Bless those that curse you and all that. Stand to your feet. Did you get something out of all that this morning? Let's give the Lord a big hand clap. I got a lot out of it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's pray this morning. And here's where we are. You know, again, church is about growth, and church is about moving forward in our life. If, if this message is connecting in any way to your life, the only thing I'm asking you is take it this week. We're going to take different ones and see if there's something that it begins to affect you. And I'll tell you, if, if, you're, if you're a person that navigates a lot into, you know, criticizing people or, or saying, you're going to find out so much release when you get rid of that. Because, again, it's that third circle of your life where you have no influence and it's only infecting all the way down to the core of who you are. Get rid of it. This morning, ask God to help you. Say, God, remove from me every judgmental spirit. Remove from me every critical spirit. And Holy Spirit... I'm going to pray this, but I need you to pray, because I can't pray this on you. Holy Spirit, this week, you make sure you point out and point out in my life every time I do that. Because it's so subtle, right? It's very subtle. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the word this morning. We thank you for where it has taken us. And Lord, you know my heart's desire for this church is to go back to the roots of a church that loves, a church that... Everyone should feel welcome, a church that that is the church that you would have designed, Jesus, a church where there's no judgment, there's no need for judgment or condemnation or guilt. We want a church, Father, where everyone knows that they are loved by you. And Father, we get it. We understand that every human is precious to you, even the ones that reject you, even the ones that don't believe in you. And Father, we just take a moment right now to to ask you, Holy Spirit, help us become a better human. Help us take some of these traits, some of these things that we learn and analyze them and say, Lord, help me be that person. Help me reflect you, Jesus. Help me be attractive spiritually to people where people want you, not feel condemned by you. And Lord, keep us from religion keep us from traditional thinking we want the core of who jesus is and we repent i I can't repent for them but i repent lord for the times i have missed it because yes we are human and we're so imperfect in so many ways and that's why you came jesus to help us live this life so we do repent for the times that we've missed it but we are open to correction we are open to fixing it and help us, help us grow in this. I bless everyone here. I bless our online audience that are here every week. And I thank you for them in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Can you give the Lord another praise this afternoon? Glory to God. You may be seated. Jesus Praise God. All right. Let's go ahead and pick up this morning's offering. I was going to say a couple things, but um But I do want to the the meeting is next week, right, Kathy? Oh, the 14th. Um, this meeting that we're doing the 14th is, is for all our leadership. I want to talk a little bit about that meeting, just a couple of minutes. And anyone that is serving and anyone that is considering serving. All right. Um, I would almost like to do it in the church service, but I think it's, it's more of a structure meeting. But it really is about, you know, lighting up the vision again to what we need to do. You know, we're trying to get geared up for 2022. You know, we've. It almost feels like we lost two years, and if you guys want a little, you know, a little bit into pastoral perspective of, of things, you know, and I think I said this a couple weeks ago, but, you know, we're humans as like everybody else, and, we're, and we go through stuff like everybody else, but, you know, when you, you look at 2019, how we ended 2019, I mean, the church was almost full, we had Jerry, so, I mean, it was big, it was a lot going on, missions all over the place, Cuba then these couple years hit. And then it, so it comes to you, right? It comes to you from various angles. Number one, as a, as a, as somebody that's almost invested 30 years of their life into this to come to a church building where there's five people that makes you want to lock everything up and say, let's go do something else, you know? And, and it is, you know, it is, it's almost like, like a kick to the gut. So I've had to get up from that myself. I've had to, you know, encourage myself like David, you know, you have to encourage yourself in the Lord because, you know, you look at your life's work and then you're like wow was it you know i just invested all this time and here comes a pandemic and just wiped us out well praise god it didn't wipe us out a lot of churches did get wiped out i mean like they didn't even reopen so we're good but we but you know i was thinking as during praise and worship i was thinking about what i was going to mention on this but the fact is we did get hit i mean it doesn't you know you're not going to say oh we just went through covid it didn't affect us at all no, it hit the church. It hit the church on every. It hit the church financially. It hit the church with people. It hit the church with helps teams. I mean, you name missions, every area of influence that Faithway had was affected in some way. The praise God is that we navigated through it. Say amen, because I'm telling you, 40 percent of American churches did not reopen. That's a huge number. I was reading some statistics today that, I, 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 as an email I get from Carrie Newhoff. And I read it, and it was kind of depressing, so I said, I'll read it after church. But he was talking about all the people that were Christians before COVID. COVID hit, and they stopped being Christians. I mean, they were on Jesus, church, took the break, and never came back from the break. He said, and the number of that was in 12 months. I forget what the statistic was. It was huge. It was something like 30% from what they they tracked this. What's that group called? Barna, Barna, right? Barna tracks all this church statistics and everything for years and years and years. And they said in 12 months, something like 30%, where where usually it was like 12%, I believe, I might be off on my numbers, but they were tracking church attendance and every year it would drop like 12%. Historically. Well, from 20, when COVID started to now, it jumped from 12% to over 30% of people that quit church completely. I'm talking people, not just people that are looking for church, I'm talking people that were church you know they were here all the time something happened where am i going with all this well it's really not you know it's not just up to me or up to you but it's up to all of us to decide if what god has called us to do first here in heavenville and as faith is it important enough for you to invest your time and money includes me it's all of us because if it's not then we need to, you know, start really looking at at the big picture because I have plans for 2022. I have big plans for 2022. But if, if I don't have the teams in rhythm with me, or at least with what I believe God's telling us to do, I've still got some areas that I need to iron out. I got a phone conversation this afternoon with a meeting with Cuba and, you know, some other things. But we have to, you know, it's all of us. This is where I'm going, and it takes me a long time to get to one point, but it really is about all of us. It's not about... Because that's the thing, and I've been in those churches where I would sit in a church and say, well, that's the church, you know, the pastor, the, that's the church, this is me. No, we're not there. It's either all of us, or this thing's not going to work. I'm just being honest with you. You know, it's either all of us in, and that means your time, your effort, your prayers, your energy, your excitement about things. It's, it's, it's the whole package. It's not just, what well, I'm here, pastor. No, I'm talking about being here, being a team player, being, you know you know, rooting for the team, putting on the t-shirt. So that's where we're going in 2022. And uh, we're still a couple months away, but you know, I need a plan and and I I think it's going to get exciting. So please, please pray about that, you know, so I invite everyone to the meeting. If you want to go, it'll be, I'm I'm actually not even going to go to Laredo gonna have somebody else speak in Laredo and we're going to have a meal for you guys and and just kind of lay it all out and, and believe God that 2022 is going to be just an amazing year. Amen. All right, well, if you need information for your giving, it'll be on the screen. Thank you guys all for your support and continual support. If you need an envelope for your giving, it should be there near you. And if you are ready to leave, stand up. (laughs) Let's go. I still got to tweak it another 15 minutes. I'm getting, I'm doing better though. Father, we just thank you today for everything that's been covered through the word we thank you for everything that's been covered through the worship it's all one service god and lord again lord i just really help us with this thing help me with this thing that we can be better we can be more like you i thank you for all the giving all the love offerings all the tithes that have come to keep this place running keep it moving supporting our church in mexico supporting the work in cuba Everything you've called us to do, Lord, I thank you for all these families. I thank you, Lord, because without them, we could not do any of it. So once again, Father, till I see them again, I pray the blessing of God upon their lives, Father, that this week will truly be a glorious week for all of us. Covenant protection up and down the highways, the byways. Keep us in divine health and divine peace in our homes. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Well, God bless you guys. It's great to see everybody. We'll see you all next week.